Can energy actually make you healthier? Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. My name is James Owen. I'm the executive director of Renew Missouri, coming to you live on tape from the palatial Renew Missouri studios in Columbia, Missouri, joined, as always, by our trusty producer, Danielle Wilson. Hey, Danielle. How are you? Good. How are you, James? Well, I'm pretty lonely today. <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we don't have anyone else here. Uh, my commitment to delivering a podcast uh, every other Thursday has been uh, hastened a little bit by the fact that we were going to do a recording in Jefferson City today uh, with a lawmaker. Um, I'm not going to say who because I think we're going to try to reschedule that. And it's going to be a really big one. and It's going to be a big surprise. So I'm excited about that. But uh, the legislature canceled today. They just closed. I didn't know they actually did that. I've, I've been appearing in front of them for five years now, and I've never seen that happen. Even when I've driven down there in the snow and the ice and they've never canceled it. I, I wouldn't sit here and say that I think it's because they had a uh, energy deregulation bill scheduled today at the last minute. Maybe that's why they canceled. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm not paranoid like that. But we don't have a session in today. Then I was also going to drive to St. Louis this afternoon, and we were going to talk to our friend Ed Smith at the Missouri Coalition for the Environment. He's got a lot of background on construction work in progress, um, but I had to cancel that trip, too, because it's supposed to be snowing a little more this afternoon and tonight, and I didn't want to get caught in it because, you know, as much as I love my job, as much as I want to do my job, uh, I don't want to break my neck to do a podcast. <laughs> we had other things going on in St. Louis. Don't worry, I'm not just driving over there to do this goofy recording, but um, I did want to talk about something that we've kind of been putting on hold having a podcast about, um, not because it wasn't ready or not because we didn't want to talk about it, but just because we um, were just trying to find the right person to come in and talk about it. And maybe that's me. <laughs> I've decided today that's going to be me. Um, because one of the things that we've done uh, a press release about, we did this back in November, um, and that um, we're really excited about because we've been working on this for a couple of years, is some, some, some outreach and education that we're doing on energy efficiency and public health. So, Danielle, as you have probably gathered, you've worked here for, what, a little over a year? Mm -hmm. You know at Renew Missouri we do a lot of work on energy efficiency, yes? We do. Yes, we do. Um, I mean, we've had podcasts about this where we've talked about our work with the Missouri Energy Efficiency Investment Act, which is uh, a statute that gives uh, investor and utilities an incentive uh, to in invest and engage in energy efficiency programs, especially on the demand side, which is to say that's uh, not going to be like helping you conserve energy at your house. That's like going to be actual, um, you know, nuts and bolts that go into like actually reducing that demand. So we work on that. We just had a big ruling on that with Evergy a couple months ago. That also led to a pay-as-you-save ruling. Um, so pays is also part of our energy efficiency. That's big. So we're always working on uh, not only just energy efficiency policy and implementing that with utilities. And we work a lot with the utility companies on that because we, um, you know, we also work with a lot of advocacy groups and housing and poverty. So we kind of are able to explain the uh, reality of the situation out there. 
Um, and we do that at the city level too. We try to do that at the city level. It's a little tougher because uh, they don't have a formal uh, process there where you can intervene. Um, but we do a lot of energy efficiency work. Um, and one of the things that's always been sort of elusive to me, or it has been elusive until recently, is you read, all right, look, <clears throat> when, we, when we're here at this group, we get a lot of emails. We get, we're subscribed to a lot of um, newsletters, like you all are subscribed to this newsletter, which is why you're getting this, that talk a lot about what other parts of the country are doing as far as energy efficiency and renewable energy. We do all that. One of the things that we always see, and there's been studies done by uh, the American Council for Energy Efficiency Economy, ACEEE, which is a group that we've referenced. Um, they do a 50-state uh, survey of like who's doing well at energy efficiency, who's not. Uh, EPA, uh, Department of Energy, they do all these studies on uh, the benefits, the non-economic benefits of energy efficiency, or NEBS as we call them. Danielle, are you sick of hearing all of this alphabet soup that we spew out here at Renew Missouri? Everything's like an acronym, right? It is, I need a map. Well, you know, I think we've, well, that's another topic. We, we have like a, we have a document we worked on that I think you might get to see here in the near future, I hope, uh, that might kind of allow that. It doesn't talk about NEBS, but NEBS is basically, so, you know, when you think about energy efficiency, the first thing a lot of people think about is, well, okay, that's good because it reduces how much power a utility has to make, which then reduces the stress that gets put on their grid. It reduces the amount of coal they have to burn or nuclear power they have to produce. Uh, and so that's ultimately very good. It doesn't uh, have the strain on transmission lines. It doesn't have the strain on uh, the distributive resources that get that power from the transmission lines to your house or business. And it also has the benefit of lowering your bill, which everyone likes to have a lower electricity bill. That's a big thing. That's why people like energy efficiency. Even in a conservative state like Missouri, where, truth be told, uh, the pitch for uh, wind and solar is tough. It's tough. It's getting easier. The cheaper it gets and uh, the more people see uh, economic benefits from it in Missouri, the easier it is to sell. But energy efficiency has always been an easy sell because it's just talking about less money. That's great. So everyone agrees that there's a economic monetary benefit to energy efficiency. But those NEBs that we talked about, one of the big ones is public health. Okay. So what does that mean? Okay. Well, I'm not a doctor. I am not trained in that work. I've, I've done a little work in like mental health policy and that sort of thing. That's probably the closest I've ever had to doing actual work in health policy. But what there are studies that show is that in houses and businesses, apartments, where people are taking advantage of energy efficiency um, efforts, or I should say the utility company is engaged in that, um, where you have more insulation, where you have sealant around your windows, where you have sealant around your doors, that has a direct benefit on, like say for example, childhood asthma rates. So if you've got children living in an apartment, children living in a home, there is conclusive, solid test, uh, evidence out there that shows that if you live in a house that's got uh, improvements in energy efficiency, those rates are going to be dropped. Respiratory issues are going to drop. Um, it just generally creates a safer, healthier, healthier home. Because, look, when you live in a house that's colder, I mean, that's, like, that's hard on you. That's hard on your body. So if, you're, if, you, if you've got your thermostat on and you've got um, 
that air escaping, well, you're gonna be living in a draftier house, which therefore is gonna have a negative impact on you. That's just something that, that we are really trying to get more specific here on in Missouri. There is not a lot of research in Missouri specifically to this, um, which we think would be helpful. And look, we go in front of the PSC, we go in front of lawmakers, we go in front of city council members, and they're always asking us for uh, details, statistics, data on Missouri, which the problem is, is there's not a lot of people collecting that. There are a lot of people doing it at the statewide level. There are people doing it in other states. We can compare that to other states, but it doesn't really quite work when you're not talking about Missouri itself. So we would like to get that data. We'd like to try to collect more of that. But what we are doing right now, <laughs> what we are doing right now is um, we back in October received a word from the Missouri Foundation for Health, which is a uh, which is a big organization based out of St. Louis. They cover they pretty much cover like the majority of the population areas in the eastern part of the state. So like St. Louis, St. Charles, Cape Girardeau, uh, places like that. They collect. Uh, they they kind of deal with. They work on public health issues. I mean, just to kind of give an indication of where they came to be. A lot of their funding comes from the tobacco settlement that the state of Missouri reached back in um, the 90s where there was a, a lawsuit by the 50 states that said that there were increased Medicaid costs as a result of tobacco usage. Do you know this, Danielle? I did not. Well, you were probably like one <laughs> when that happened. You're, you're, a, you're a youngin', as we like to say. So there was a huge uh, lawsuit, multi-state lawsuit. Jay Nixon, who was attorney general at the time, was you know in charge of it for the state. And we got a lot of money from the tobacco companies as a result of a settlement. Part of that settlement was that there was had to be a funding of a health group that was going to work on public health, hence Missouri Foundation for Health. Fun fact, I bet you didn't know you were going to get that on this podcast, but Missouri Foundation for Health awarded us a grant. And this grant was to work, uh, and I'll just say this, specifically in St. Louis, uh, the St. Louis area, to start. Now, I know a lot of people who uh, support Renew Missouri and like Renew Missouri and don't live in St. Louis or Kansas City or Columbia tend to think that we just focus on those three areas. Well, okay, let me just say this. It's true. We spend a lot of time in those areas. One, because we have offices in all three of those. But two, the reason we have offices in those places is because this is where we're getting money to do work. <laughs> um, I can promise you, uh, at least I can tell you from the perspective of me going to uh, Springfield or Joplin, uh, which Danielle, you can attest to, I'm there a lot. Yes. Um, and that's, I mean, you know, you can say, well, that's where you're from. Okay, fair enough. But it's still two and a half hours from here. Joplin is three and a half hours from here. But I go down there a lot because one, I go to Joplin because uh, Liberty Utilities is based there. And that's one of our three electric investor-owned utilities. And um, Springfield's our third largest city. They have a municipal-owned utility. But they also have a lot of um, interesting projects going on there as well. So I'm spending a lot of time there. And every time I go to Cape Girardeau, no disrespect to Cape Girardeau. I have like two people show up to events. I go to Rolla. I got three people to come to those events. It's not a slam on Rolla or Cape Girardeau. Believe me, I would like to spend more time there. But it's just been tough for us. If you're listening to this and you want to help us find more people in Rolla and Cape Girardeau, please call me. 
Phone number, 417-496-1924. I'll come. I'll, I'll buy drinks, whatever, food. I don't care. We buy food and drinks for people. Yeah. We do. We're doing that. Oh, for our lobby day on February 4th, Tuesday, February 4th. Come to Jefferson City for the Missouri Solar Lobby Day, and we'll have, like, not only a kind of introductory lunch, talk about policy, you get to go talk to your lawmakers, and afterwards we're going to have a drink. Or you'll have a drink. I don't have a drink anymore because I have a kid, and I'm tired all the time, and it'll put me to sleep. So, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Missouri Foundation for Health. Um, so the Missouri Foundation for Health gave us this funding to work on public health and energy efficiency, primarily in the St. Louis area. So we got that back in November. What have we been doing with it? Well, good question. The answer has been that we've been working on developing a network of public health officials, social workers, housing advocates, poverty advocates, and also energy advocates, as well as utilities. To develop a group, uh, we've got a network over there now that we've pretty much, I think we've had two or three meetings for already. Um, Andrew Linares, who is our, um, he's our St. Louis director and council. Saint, uh, actually, Andrew, this would have been good. He's actually at a conference in New Orleans as we speak on health and energy efficiency, but he's also sick. <laughs> Maybe he needs some energy efficiency. I don't know. But anyway, um, he's down there. He's not feeling 100%, but he, he'll be coming back today. Uh, but also Emily Piantek, who is our research clerk, our great research clerk, who will be leaving us here in the next couple months to go off to the uh, great wilds of Virginia. I think she's got offered a job out there, but uh, she's been working on this too. Emily will miss you. And they've been working on this network. Now, in addition to that, we have also been working on uh, developing a curriculum. And we've been working with a consultant at St. Louis University. His name is Steve McMillan. He's a professor there, works on public health issues, to develop a, a webinar, seminar that we want to present in St. Louis and online um, talking about this very topic. And not just talking about, um, and not just talking about what the health benefits are, because I mean, we can point to studies and we can point to research and all that's great. but. Also pointing out to nurses, doctors, social workers, what energy efficiency programs are out there. Because here's the thing, Danielle Wilson, producer, office manager. A lot of people just don't know what energy efficiency programs are available. You live here in Columbia, yeah? I do. You a uh, municipal customer? You Columbia Water and Light? Yes. Yeah. Do you know what energy efficiency programs they offer? No clue. Yeah. I do. I mean, I do. Well, one, it's my job to know it. But two, I also, my wife and I took out a low interest loan to do energy efficiency improvements to our house when we first moved here, uh, which cut our utility bill by quite a bit, sealed our windows, all that other stuff. First of all, I want to say you can't seal all of it too much because that's also bad. That's not totally healthy to have it like completely sealed off. But they have an audit. They have an energy audit come in and they, they do that for you. They see what you need. So you pay, and I've paid it, we paid it off like almost right away. No, very, very little interest. It was good. But a lot of people can't afford to do that. And a lot of people, in addition to not knowing what programs are available, also think, oh my gosh, well, these are rebates. These are discounts. I don't have money to even get a new water heater or insulation, even if I got money back. Well, in some cases, especially for if you're a low-income customer or you are... Uh, you are living in an apartment, there are opportunities to get programming that doesn't cost you anything. And that's kind of where we are wanting to focus on because here's the thing, I, that and that goes to it, is we just don't think that um, people know that these exist out there. And so if you're a doctor or you're a nurse or you're a social worker, 
like let's say you're a social worker at a hospital, you're a social worker trying to help somebody uh, who has a respiratory issue, who's struggling with housing. Do you know where to send them? Do you know where to take them? Do you know where to, um, not take them, but do you know where to, you know, to say this is where you can learn more about this? Or is this where can, where would you know about this? Because I don't expect that nurses or doctors or social workers would know about this just off the top of their head. So we want to educate people about that. Like, so say in St. Louis, we'd be educating people about what does Amherst, Missouri offer? What does uh, Spire, the gas company there, offer as far as energy efficiency? But not just that. Oh, no, I'm not done yet. We're also, <laughs> wait, there's more. Wait, there's, more. We're, there's also a program in Kansas City. Uh, it's called uh, One Touch KC, and it's a website. It's actually uh, through the Kansas City Public Health Department, where it is marketed to doctors and uh, other health professionals. That is a portal for energy efficiency programs, when they're available, how much they cost, if they cost anything. And so, like, if you are in Kansas City and you're a health professional, and, and this is still kind of new. I mean, this is something that we're, um, you know, that we've tried to work with some of the hospitals on. And it's still relatively new, but you can go there and you can find what's available. Because here's the other thing too, those MIA cases, those MIA filings that I talked about, there's like cycles of those and they have start dates and stop dates and there's certain, uh, there's certain times when certain programs are available or not. And so people just don't know when they might be available or when you can enroll. And so that's what this website does. So what we're trying to also do is replicate that one touch KC in St. Louis. I'd also like to try to replicate that in Springfield, Joplin. Eventually, wherever there's a health department and you have a utility providing energy efficiency programs, I'd like to see it provided everywhere. I mean, that's in Missouri. That's the goal, right? I mean, so that is what we're aspiring to do. Now, you might say, well, that seems like a lot of work. That's like 114 counties plus St. Louis City. Well, you're right. <laughs> it is a lot of work. And while we're getting funding to do this for a year in uh, St. Louis, in the St. Louis area, and while we've got a little bit of a head start with this in Kansas City because we've got this One Touch Kansas City or One Touch KC website uh, that's still, I think, kind of in the last stages of being tested, we're wanting to do this everywhere. And it makes sense to do it in the, um, in the, uh, in, in the most populated areas first and then trying to see what um, we can learn uh, what mistakes might occur that we need to make sure we don't do again. Um, and then we could probably do this almost everywhere. Uh, but the problem is we don't have the money to do it everywhere. Um, so, so you're talking about those three things. Oh, I left out something. There is more in addition to that. So in addition to all of that, I mean, we're also, you know, in addition to these seminars, in addition to this uh, portal, this one-touch portal, in addition to this network, we're also working on just doing general outreach. The start of that has been doing uh, social media. We actually have a, a Twitter account that I would also encourage you, if you're listening, to go find it and follow it. Uh, Mo Power for Health. That's M O P O W E R number four health. H E A L T H. <laughs> oh, good. I passed first grade spelling. Um, if you go, if you have a Twitter account, <laughs> I would encourage you. Please um, go check that out. Go follow it. 
maybe we'll follow you back. I don't know, because we'd like to start a dialogue there. We're sharing information on that. That doesn't really cost anything. Um, we're wanting to try to promote that website, and that costs a little bit of money. Um, not website, that account. I sound like an old person now, like, yeah, what's this website, twitter.com doing? Yeah, but um, we well, don't know. Like, the kids, do the kids do Twitter, Daniel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do. I don't do TikTok. I don't either. Really? Really. What are you, like 23, 24? 23. Okay. I thought that's like what everybody did your age. I think it is, but... You don't do it. I don't. You don't do it. Okay. You're kind of an old soul. I'm too cool for that. You're too cool. You're, you're above it. You're, <laughs> you're above it. Yeah, I got it. So, okay. So we're not do, we're not on TikTok, <laughs> but we are on Twitter. Um, and so we would like for you to follow us on Twitter um, and you can kind of get a sense of what we're uh, trying to promote. And that will lead to more... Outreach, uh, we're probably going to be talking about doing targeted radio ads, TV ads, um, bus station stop ads in St. Louis. I mean, that's like kind of what our long-term plan is. But right now, my plan is also to try to do this in other parts of the state. Like Springfield would be my next big one. Kansas City would be another big one. Joplin, I'm working very closely on. And keep in mind, this is another thing. You know, I I know a lot of what we do, or I think a lot of what gets our attention from people is that we are, you know, antagonistic to the utility companies, uh, that we fight them, that we're trying to get them to change their ways, which we do a lot of, and which I think we've been really successful at, especially in the past several years. But this is one of those situations where they actually, we work together with them, we work well with them. They want to see this get marketed outside of what they do. I mean, they, they don't, I mean... Candidly, I would just say, I don't think they put as much into the marketing of this as they should. Um, And that's a real issue sometimes with the Public Service Commission, with regulators. Sometimes you see that their marketing is pretty anemic and that money they've had budgeted for uh, this work, they don't do. Now, we push them for that. We push them to do it. But at the same time, I think there's also something to be said. And and, and I, I think this is very true. If you're hearing us say... Go check out Amron's program or go check out Evergy's program. Did I call it KCPNL earlier? I might have. It's Evergy now. Don't call it KCPNL anymore. Or Empire's program. It has uh, more credibility coming from us because I think that we are critical of the utility companies on a lot of things. Um, I mean, for as much as we try to work with them and try to sell things with them, we, we do. We I will say we are critical. I mean, that's part of our job is be critical of them and push them in a different direction. But... On this stuff, we're relatively aligned. They want to they want to see increases to their energy efficiency programs. We want to see that. And so I think when people hear it coming from us or they hear it coming from our allies in the housing um, in the housing world, like if you're a housing advocate in Kansas City or St. Louis or you're a poverty advocate in the Ozarks um, and you're saying, you know, this is something good, this is something useful, this is something that's not going to be a problem for you, that has added um, weight to it. I mean, I, I just, I, I think that's true. And so it is important for, I mean, so you can say like, well, isn't it the utility company's job to market this and promote this? It is, but I think they need help. I mean, I think that they need people that are also outside of their tent talking about this as well, because I do think it lends credibility to what they're doing. And I wouldn't be doing it if I, if I thought it was like kind of somehow contrary to what this group was about. I have a legal obligation to make sure that I don't do that. So you've got to believe me. <laughs> Right? Sure. I'm a very trustworthy person. You are. Thank you. Okay, so um, so that's what we're talking about here. So this public health and energy efficiency has, you know, 
various components. Like we're developing that network to make sure that our curriculum looks as useful and helpful as it can. We will also be marketing this and we will also be developing um, kind of a uh, web presence to allow professionals to continue doing this. So that's the four levels. Uh, the networking and development, the curriculum for the education, the outreach online, and also that will expand to you know, kind of other more traditional forms of outreach, and the social media presence. Missouri Power for Health, Mo Power for Health at Twitter. Look it up. Um, I actually should probably pin that as a tweet on our Renew Missouri account because it's like, eh, I'll do that. You know, you can do pin tweets there, Danielle. I did know that. Okay. Do you? I don't know if you all know that, but um, <laughs> so you should you should uh, you should uh, check out our. If you're not on Renew Missouri's Twitter, I do. Uh, I actually run that account. I mean, I know you do a lot of work on Facebook for us and Instagram and Instagram, and you do a great job with that. But Twitter is a little more like, um, well, it's like whenever something strikes my fancy and like I got a bit of an itch that I need to scratch, and so. Um, Last night, for example, I, I sent out something kind of pithy about um, Moody's Investors Group had a, a report that came out that said that um, utility companies are, are potentially going to face a, uh, a capital downgrade, a bond downgrade, because they're not doing enough to stop global warming, because their systems, their grid are going to be susceptible to global warming. Global warming, And the number one, do you want to know which the number one utility in the country is that's got a, a threat of this? Which one? Ameren. In Missouri and Illinois. There's an Illinois component of Ameren as well. Uh, they're primarily wires. Uh, they're not the same as they are here in Missouri. They kind of mainly run transmission there. It's a deregulated state in Missouri, which we need to do a podcast on that too. But um, so they were cited for that. And I said something about how the liberal loons at Moody's Investor Group had said that climate change is an issue as far as credit downgrade. They're not downgrading the credit. I want to make sure that's clear. They're not doing that yet. But um, I, I, may, I actually called uh, Moody's liberal loons because I was trying to be uh, facetious. Because they're not liberal loons. They're conservative. They're realistic. They want people to know where their money's going. So I think that should tell you everything you need to know about climate change and what Ameren's response to it needs to be. So to get off of that point, <laughs> yeah, follow us on Twitter. Okay. Um, to that point, for us to do more work in Kansas City, for us to do more work in Springfield, um, I'm looking to raise money. I, I would love to be able to say that I have uh, $15,000 in each of those two towns to do this work. That gets us advertising. That gets us time to go down there. That gets us time to work on the curriculum to tailor make it to uh, Springfield, which means we got to like develop those networks that we've developed in Springfield. So, I mean, that's what I'm looking at. Like, I mean, ideally, I could probably do it with $10,000 per uh, town, I think, if I had to. But, like, 15 is more likely. Um, so, if you want to, if you live in one of those towns, if you live in Kansas City, or if you live in Springfield, and let's say you um, didn't give us money at the end of the year. Like, let's say there's other things going on. You didn't get to do it. And let's be honest, they don't really have the charitable tax breaks that we used to. So, I mean, if you give just $500, and when I say just $500, I understand that's a lot of money. But, I mean, if you're giving charitably, it doesn't that doesn't have as much of a tax implication as it used to. So, getting that in by the end of the year is not as big of a deal as it used to be. 
So what I would say is if you didn't do it or you're still thinking about it, you're like, well, I don't really quite know if Renew Missouri is, you know, we see the good work they're doing, but is it something that's like really going to hit a couple of different areas? What I would say is this has the potential not only to affect uh, the work we're doing with energy, but this has the potential to do impact on healthcare, on housing, on poverty, and, and just in the general well-being of your community. So if you're in Springfield, you're in Kansas City, and you say, well, look, I, don't, I know that like if I give $100 or $250 or $500, and is that really going to like have a significant impact on my town? Well, the first thing I would say is, of course it does, because that is compounded with everybody else doing that. So it's not just you doing it, it's everybody else, and that adds up, and we appreciate it. Danielle, we like seeing money come in, don't we? We do. Yeah, folks, we love it. And uh, <laughs> it's my favorite data to enter. Yes, it is. Yeah, you don't like seeing the bills. No. And you don't like telling me about how we had to pay bills. Like no. I, always, I always tend to get mad. Well, why do we have to pay that? Why do I have to pay payroll? <laughs> we need to keep the lights on. That's and we need to keep the lights on. <laughs> and we got rent in three different towns now, which, by the way, we didn't have when I first started. So I've just gone crazy, folks. But what I'm saying is in Kansas City and Springfield, if you're in Kansas City and Springfield, look, right now, St. Louis, we got funding. Um, it's coming in slowly. It's, it's a little, it's kind of, um, uh, we get some at the beginning, we get some right at the now. end, which uh, I'll confess I wasn't expecting. <laughs> when I started looking at like, oh, here's where we are with our fundraising. I'll get this, do this in St. Louis, and we'll be able to get all that right away. And they're like, oh, you'll get this now, and then you'll get some of it in June, and then you get some more of it in December of 2020. Um, since I was really bad at math earlier, I want to make sure I got that date right. So that is, that's kind of where we are. Like Kansas City, Missouri Foundation for Health doesn't cover that area. They don't cover Springfield. And so that's why I picked those two towns. I want to go down there and I want to be able to um, do that work in Springfield. Philip Forsica, who's in our Kansas City office, he is developing uh, contacts and networks there in addition to all the other work he's doing. We uh, very much need to see that get done. And we very much need to see it get done in the first couple of months here of the year. Um, you know, see a kind of infusion of money to get that going. Right now we are developing the curriculum. We have a contractor under contract who we're paying to do that. So it's important right now for us to get that done because then we don't have to like go hire this person again or we keep them on to kind of like review and analyze stuff and it doesn't cost us as much. So right now is where we can do the most with this. So, you know, I wanted to do this to kind of like give people an update on what we're doing because we never really had a podcast about this, Danielle. We didn't. But now we have. And now you know what we need. So folks, get moving. Where can they go and donate money, Danielle Wilson? Renewmo.org slash get involved. Oh, there's also a donate button on the main page, right? There is. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So just go there. Or if you want to talk to me about this directly, james at renewmo.org is my email address. Um, Andrew is very much taking the lead on this in St. Louis. Uh, he's at andrew renewmo.org. So if you're in St. Louis, you want to learn more about how we're doing that or you have thoughts on um, how we can do this. I mean, one thing that we're really wanting to do and we've just started only digging into is like trying to make sure that um, – we invite nurses and social workers to this. They get continuing education credit for it. I've just been, I actually did some research on that last night and, you know, trying to figure out like when we do this, like to attract 
healthcare professionals and social worker professionals to this that they will get continuing education because that's a big deal. We do that for lawyers. Uh, as a matter of fact, we got one we're working on uh, in a month from now, which we'll get information about. But we want to do that for uh, for our social worker and nurse professionals as well. So, Danielle, anything else to add? I can't think of anything, James. Do you think this is a good podcast? It's a great podcast. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I, uh, I mean, obviously I want to, like, interview people and I want to talk about, like, current topics that are a big deal. But sometimes just the timing of that doesn't work. So sometimes I think it's just better for me instead of, like, just going on and on and on about uh, this in an email that you can listen to this. And you know what we're doing. And you know that energy policy and energy efficiency has a way of touching other areas of uh, society and of our policy um, concerns more than just, you know, making sure we're reducing our carbon footprint, which is also very important. But it also has a lot of these other um, non-economic benefits. Nibs. <laughs> so, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you liked what you heard or you want to share this with somebody, put this on your social media platforms, on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Uh, subscribe to this on Spotify or iTunes. Write a positive review. Don't write a negative review. We don't want to see negativity here. Um, but I just want to uh, thank you all again for listening. And until then, we're signing off from Renew, Missouri.